Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how to invest inside of a recession. You're definitely going to want to tune into this. I will see you on the inside. Hey, everyone. I'm Josh Zuniga, co-founder of the Inside View Real Estate Podcast, where we give you bite-sized pieces of information and give you an inside look on all the major topics, whether you're investor, buyer, seller, or flipper. Stay tuned. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, no matter what time it is. Hope that you, my friends, are having an amazing day. I'm with my man, Josh Zuniga. Congrats on the engagement, by the way. Oh, thank you so much, brother. Dude, I'm such an asshole. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, and I was there. Uh, you were. Yeah. yeah. It's all Congrats, good, though. Man. It's all super good. That was super, super cool. Thank you, everybody, for keeping the secret. Yes. I know Savory was- It wasn't easy. It wasn't. It was not. And I actually, to... when we, here, I'll tell you this. When we pulled up into valet, our friend was in the car in front of us, just getting out. And I was like- Oh no. my God, this is about to just blow up in front of everybody. Thankfully, my buddy saw me and he like jumped back into the car and then his girlfriend like ran off and she like saw us and it, it all worked out. So it was cool. See, we had no idea. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. No Dude, idea. what an epic. I mean, you did it right. It like, took a lot of planning. Josh soon get styled. I man. had that idea. That's just next level. I had that type of idea for like eight years. You know, before I even met Sabri. Dude, the fireworks I, and the freaking yeah. lighting was perfect. It was fireworks, just, definitely. Oh my God, dude, yeah. you crushed it. So, so I'm very happy about how it turned out. Thank you, big big shout out to Rob at Fairmont Princess. He's my man. He helped put it all together. And everybody that was involved with that. Oh, crushed it. Video man. crew, everybody. Yeah, so congrats. So Thanks, bro. Let's get into to investing inside of a recession because I think... I mean, it's undeniable at this point, right? Like the, the stock market's down twenty something percent since you know beginning of the year. Wake up and it's red. Rates are way up. Yeah, supply chains are jacked up. Cost of gas, dude. I paid you know almost six dollars a gallon for gas this morning. Dude, some gas pumps are only allowing you to pump a hundred bucks. Dude, my debit card gets cut off. Yeah, right. Bucks. If you use a debit card, I was like, it's what's cut going off. on? I have another five gallons to go. And you know there was a gas shortage, and some of the stations are out of gas. Oh man. Like they're out of like 87. Yeah. And so like you roll up and you're like, Oh, I guess I'm pumping 89 or 91 today. Yeah. You know? And so it's just crazy going to target, you know, any of the, the supermarkets and, and the shelves are empty and just dude, Joe Biden, get your shit together, man. Yeah. You know, not to get political, but fuck. Uh, something's yeah. got to change. So how are you, how are you investing right now? I'm sitting tight. Ooh. Um, I'm sitting tight. You I know? did expect that. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. Not, not for now. Okay. Right? For now. Right. So I saw this happening and I knew I needed to start making moves probably around like February, March. Yes. And I had to decide which, if I'm going to unload a property or several properties or all of them, right? What is my move going to be? Mm-hmm. So I looked at, I looked at to see, you know, what's my payment? How am I cash flowing on all of them? And all of them are cash flowing great. I have wonderful tenants in there. Some of them that have very stable jobs, like with like the Air Force. Killer. Yeah. Um, and I say, all right, I think my risk is, you know, mitigated, you know, based off of how much I have them in for. Um, I have a really good relationship with every single one of the tenants. Um, I have significant cash reserves. So anything were to happen, I could pay for all of our bills for probably two or three years. You're good. Right. So that's, that was, that was some security. There is one investment that I just bought, uh, which is my Airbnb. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. Um, that we, we purchased in December. That was probably my biggest load. You know, mm-hmm. the uh, payment on that or after, you know, expenses are probably about 35 to 3,600 mm-hmm. paying for utilities, paying for the mortgage, paying for the solar, paying for the pool guy, you know, all, all of that good stuff. Yep. I could have potentially put some of the in there at five or 6,000 a month, you know, fully furnished. That would have worked out, but just, I didn't, something felt a little bit different about the area. It's a 1953 or 56 home mm-hmm. selling for a million dollars. Mm-hmm. That did not seem right, right? Yeah. So I felt 
really exposed with that property. If anything was going to happen within the market, granted that, you know, Old Town Scottsdale is one of the hottest areas for people to move in. in the country. And they're yeah. paying million dollars for these 23 square foot homes that are from the fifties and you still have nine foot ceilings. It just didn't, that was a property that I felt like needed to go. Gotcha. So I uh, put $250,000 down on that one. And since we bought it, we're up 200,000. So mm-hmm. right there, I'll be very cash heavy on just one investment, you know, right. close to half a million dollars. So what are you doing with the money? So I'm going to take that and a couple of different things, right? I also like to invest in businesses right? I've had a couple opportunities come my way to where they want me to be, uh, become partners, marketing and in real estate. Additionally, uh, we, you and I have a really good, um, developer friend that's doing some big stuff in Casa Grande oh, yeah. in Florence. Um, in, uh, what's the other one? Buckeye. He's got several, right? Yep. So I've taken a look at the numbers and the long-term revenue for that or residual income looks very, very significant to either two, three extra money plus residual. So that's definitely something I'm considering. And I'm just trying to figure out what are some of the models that I can do to create more residual income. Now I know you're a lot different though. Yep. You like the velocity of money. Dude, I'm a turn and burn kind of guy. You are a turn and burn kind of guy. So I, so I always, I was trained always like, make sure you have your security, make sure you have your money coming in. And then I'm going to do the, the, refinance, pull your equity out, get it tax-free, Burr you know, method, Burr, yeah. Burr method model, yep. um, and just accumulate properties. Yeah, for sure. See, yeah. I'm kind of like risk averse. And so, you know, I still have like one rental property that just cash flows. It'll, it, I bought it so cheap, it'll cash flow forever. no matter what. Yeah, forever. I mean, like yeah, I'll forever. always be right side up on it. But yeah, I, I like to do the fix and flip stuff. And I think I've got really good at it, you know, to where I'm like, I walk in, I know the property, I'm like, okay, I just pull the trigger on it and just get it done. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do like the calculations on it. Be like, okay, my cabin's going to cost me $8,791 and my installation's this. I look in it. I'm like, hey, does it make sense? Do I like the area? Cool. Yep. Done. Done deal. Okay. But then I turn it as fast as I can. So permits, construction, you know, basically market the property, get it gone, do it again. And so I've gotten to the point where I can use one down payment four times in a year. So literally, you know, like I'll get into a property, demo it, reconstruct it. You know, a couple of days on the market, 30 days in escrow, close it, already had the other property lined up, demo it, construction, you know, and, and keep going and going and going. Yeah. And so I can turn one down payment into potentially four different deals. Mm-hmm. And so that's really attractive to me because my exposure to the market is only like, you know, well, it's like three months, call it three, three, four months at the most. Okay. So I'm like, okay, well, worst case scenario, I'm still in it because if, if I buy it right, you know, like I'm in it at a good position where, I, where like what you said, you know, I'm Lewis, like you can just you know, you can probably stick a tenant in there and just cash flow it and you're good. Like you're not going to get hurt. And so I like that personally, but yeah, I'm paying a lot more in taxes than I think anybody else. Yeah. That's a good question, right? Yeah. That's, a def- that's a very, definitely a good question. So tell them why you, cause we had this conversation prior because you obviously like velocity money. Yep. I like the residual form of money Yes. and you're paying short term capital gains oh, on yeah. all of those Full gains. Personal tax rate. Yeah. So say, Correct. say you profited, you know, let's just call it easy number, hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You're going to pay 20% tax on that. Uh, 20% is, yeah. Yeah, that's it's, being nice. It's more than that. Because that's yeah, more than that. So if I hold it for a year, I'm paying 20%, okay? Less than a year, it's at my personal tax rate, which is hovering around 40%. Yeah. Okay, so I'm only making 60 grand. If I gross up or net 100, I'm really after tax netting 60. So it's tough, you know? So, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're working uphill constantly. 
Yeah. Um, and it's, it's no joke. Like it, it kind of sucks sometimes. So but, you know, I know you talked about exposure, you know, you know, a lot of the, the buyers are very concerned about what the interest rates are. Oh yeah. So say you get this house done, looks great. All your properties come out really nice. Thank you. Put it on the market. Zero showings. Week one goes by zero showings. Two weeks go by zero showings. Your exposure gets more and more every single day that you do not have this thing sold. For sure. Yeah. So what, uh, besides buying the property right, is that a concern for you? Always. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm writing big checks. Okay. You know, so like, I've, it's no secret. I finance a lot of these properties, right, yeah. with hard money. Yeah. And that interest rate is 12%. And so I'm paying 1% per month on the capital. And so I'm eating into my equity, essentially. You know, every yeah. single month it sits in the market. And so- there's definitely exposure there, but I run the calculations and say, okay, well, if there's 1% per month, it takes an extra three months to sell a thing. You know, I don't need to really necessarily drop the price right away. I can hang on to it. I can afford to write the check. Okay. If I don't have a lot of cash reserves and like a lot of people that listen to podcasts might not have a lot of cash reserves, they're probably going to shit, you know, their pants and be like, I got to get rid of it now. They're going to discount that property by 5% and potentially leave some cash on the table. Mm -hmm. But you know, the number one rule of investing is cash preservation, you know, preserve your capital. And so as long as you've got enough capital to do another project, maybe you hit a home run on the next one. And rarely do I hit home runs. Like, I think you know my business plan. I'd rather hit a couple singles, doubles. You hit a triple once in a while, and then once in a while you hit, like, a, a nice home run. Two or three years, it's like, oh, depending dude, yeah. on how, depending you, on your structure and how you get it. You know, and, you know, it's always the worst ones that turn out the best. Ironically, yeah. it's like the ones that are like, no way is anybody else doing Give that. Give you the most problems, like yeah. Like, Hearn Road was, like, legitimately the worst house I've ever purchased in my life. Lupine for me. Oh, my God, dude. Oh my God. I've never seen shit like that. Yeah. It was a complete hoarder house. We found a fish pond that was buried that had fish in it. Like, legit just a mess. It's one of the houses I miss, made the most money on. And it's still rewarding because I keep in touch with the buyer still. Yeah. yeah. So do you think your model is going to be a good suggestion for, say, somebody that has fifty dollars to $100,000 ready to play with? Maybe yeah, you want to make some moves? You know, I mean, you're going to pay tax, but yeah, your, your exposure is less. Okay. But Josh Zuniga's method of getting rich works too. Yeah. You know, so it just depends on how much capital you have, you know, how many times you want to deploy it in a year. And maybe what you could do is do, you know, two flips and then get into a house that you're like, hey, the margin's a little bit thin on. I'm just going to hold that one. Okay. Right. And then build up your capital again, then do it again. So you can hold these properties as long as you buy them right and you, and you rehab them and they're cash flowing, hang on to them. Mm. There's no, you know, nobody got hurt by hanging on to a property that's cash flowing. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's there and it's paying down your mortgage. It's yeah. like forced savings account. And you mentioned, you mentioned uh, the Burr model. So a lot of people that don't, don't, don't know what the Burr model means. It means buy, rehab, rent, Refinance. Refinance rent. Yeah. Yep. Or and whichever repeat. one. Yep. And repeat. So yeah. explain explain exactly what that means. You know, I love doing this. Coming from your Yeah. From your and standpoint. so I've done this quite a few times, but I did dispose a lot of my properties. So how I bought a lot of my Airbnbs, I had eight at one point, would be I buy them well under market because they'd be trashed. Houses would be trashed. They'd be deals that contractors like literally just left in the middle of the night because they're like, I can't finish this. This is too much. Mm -hmm. I'd buy it and fix it and get it done. And then I'd turn it into an Airbnb, furnish it. And then I let it appraise at a decent amount, pull the equity back out, and then do it again, and then do it again, and then do it again. So what you can do is you can, you know, buy a property. Let's just use easy easy math, 300000 right? And, you know, you got to put a little bit of cash down on that. You can do a hard money loan or whatever you want to do, put minimum down, rehab the property, get it appraised for, say, 500000 you know, and then you can pull some of your equity back out, maybe your initial investment plus the money that you cost, you know, to do the rehab or the, you know, the renovation and the furnishing, and then you can do it again, and then you can do it again, and then you can do it again. So as long as you've got the cash flow, the income to support the debt ratios, you're good. 
But I did notice that banks really don't want to get you more about eight mortgages. And so like eventually banks would be like, yeah, um, we're done giving you loans. Yeah. And I have to go to uh, an alternate to, lender. Starting to ask me too many questions. Y- yeah. You know, and so <laughs> there's other lenders out there like clear yeah. mortgage and stuff like that, that specialize in guys like us that have more than eight mortgages, you know? And so they look at our credit and they're like, Oh, this guy's been paying this stuff, you know? And then the debt ratio works out. It's called a debt service coverage, you know, a DCSR loan. Yeah. And so like, you know, you can do those DSCR loans and basically, you know, you're gonna pay a little bit more in interest, you know? So like there's, well, it used to be like six and a quarter, you know, but they're now they're hovering like, six. I think I just talked to one of my buddies, uh, Brendan, he's uh, said they're looking to do high fives now. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. It was that's crazy. Cause they were doing four and a half, four and a quarter before everything, you know, yeah. happened, you and know, still, probably quarter three less. Yeah. And so I'm willing to pay 6% if it doesn't, you know, really, if I can just keep multiplying, that's, that's a no brainer. So I love the burn method. You know, I love the short term fix and flip stuff. Cause my, again, my, my, uh, you know, velocity of money, I can, I can use that same down payment for maybe three or four projects in a year. Yeah. Um, but Josh, you know, he's got to figure it figured out too, or, you know, you can build a lot of wealth and that's just a different mindset. Right. And so, you know, I still do have investment properties, but I do think there's a lot of advantages to buying property, holding on to them, not paying tax on it. You know, you can pull that cash back out of that property and leverage it up again. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of cool things you can do there too. And then do 10 to 31 exchanges, put that into a trust, you know, and kick that can down for taxes into perpetuity. And then you enjoy that residual cash flow for the rest of your life. Yeah. Or your family would. And it's right? transferable. It's right? transferable. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's really <clears throat> Another thing we never really talk about, we should probably get our buddy Pace, you know, here. Pace Morby. Yeah, Pace Morby. At, at least one of his little sidekicks, right? right let's call him up. Yeah. yeah. So creative finance. Yes. Creative finance. I know Pace Morby. He's, he's, he's awesome. He does some great subject stuff. Subject twos. Um, yep. Subject two. So subject two deals are a wonderful way to assume the ownership of a property while the current owner maintains a loan, but you own it. You put a tenant in there, you cash flow on the property, but you're not exposed with a loan. But you have to make sure you service that debt. Yep. And you have the right contracts and the right paperwork in place. It can get fuzzy. You know, if you don't know or understand those contracts and those deals and how they really work and structure, you need to get in touch with like an expert. Yeah, right? and there's some due on sale clauses you gotta be aware of too. You know, so like if somebody sold the property or quick claimed it to you in a, you know, subject to, potentially that loan could get called, you know, and then the mortgage company says, Hey Josh, by the way, that you know, five hundred thousand dollar loan on that property over there is now doing full, right? And so there there are some uh, legalities to that and some yeah. risk there. But you yeah. want to make sure you have those dialed in because getting a loan called on you is not going to be. It's like the worst day you're, it's happened to me. It's like the worst day you're ever going to yeah. have. It's not going to be an exciting day. Yeah. And what did you do? I had to refinance into hard money. Okay. Yeah. Real quick. Real quick, like yeah. within a couple of days. Yeah. yeah. They give you like 15 or 20 days before they foreclose. Which is, yeah, it's not it's not enough for yeah. anybody to do anything, but that's, yeah. that's a move that you had to make. Did you end up for selling sure. that property right after I that? I did, yeah. It was down in Queen Creek, and so I held okay. it for a little bit, and then I sold it. And uh, it worked out okay, you yeah. know, but still, it was like, oh, shit. You know, my payment went from like 1500 a month to like 2800 a month overnight. Mm-hmm. And you're like, um, yeah, I got to do something right now. Yeah. So, so. Another thing too, I know people are t- uh, still probably thinking about 08, you know, recessions really happening. Do you think that we are going to have a slew of foreclosures, you know, coming through, um, you know, with this next potential downturn? Yeah, I get a question a lot. I don't think so because of two reasons. Number one, fundamentally people have a lot more equity, mm-hmm. you know, like the equity that was in 2007 or 2006 was kind of made up equity where um, it was really artificial demand because they were giving out a lot of loans that you didn't have to qualify for, right? So that didn't happen this time the demand that we saw in the last three years or two years really was just due to interest rates. And so, you know, there is a lot of equity that is real tangible equity there. And people are like, yeah, I'm not going to give up my house with 
you know, $300,000 worth of equity. I'm not going to give it back to the bank. I'm not going to foreclose on it. You know, they can afford the payment as long as, you know, unemployment rate stays low. I think we're totally fine. Um, we're not going to see that massive influx of foreclosures or REOs that we saw in 2008 to really 2012. So I think we're, I think we're okay. Knock on wood. Yeah. Don't jinx me, dude. No, not trying to, <clears throat> yeah. but those are opportunities, right? Always opportunities. Those are opportunities for, for the right, for the right, for the savvy investor. For the, right, for the right person, the savvy investor that knows how to, and you we know, talked structure about those it in other podcasts too, where it's like, this is going to be one of the greatest transfers of wealth that we've seen in our generation. Yeah. And how do you take advantage of that? You got to take advantage of it. Yeah. It's your duty and obligation to your family and to yourself to take advantage of the shit. Yeah. And, and real estate can be one of those vehicles. Has to be one of those vehicles. Has to be. And what you said in one of the last podcasts was like, as the housing market goes, the economy goes with it, mm -hmm. right? And so you were very clear about that. And so that's very intuitive. Look at the housing market. It gives you a very good indication of what the general economy is doing. Yeah. Keep an eye on supply chains too. As exactly. the supply chain goes. You may run into issues you yes. you're, as a flipper where you can't get baseboard. Your cabinets aren't coming in. We have no more quartz. Yes. They're in the containers. So that's one of the reasons why I've kind of pulled back even on flips is because I'm running into issues like that. I would yeah. never want to be caught with my pants down. Happened to us at 70 Street Loss. Yeah, it that happened to me project. with my, my cabinets weren't showing up. They were two yep. weeks late. They couldn't get the right countertops. You know, I had to pay another $500 extra for a slab. You couldn't find baseboards at one point. I had to change up the whole list. Couldn't find the right baseboard, and I didn't like any of the other ones that were options. Yeah, no, totally. Right, and so yeah. that's a thing, right? It's that's, a real thing. That's really, really a thing. thing. And you have to be, you have to be aware of that, and you have to have, you know, some type of plan, very uh, or backup plan in the event that does happen. Sure do. Biggest thing within real estate that I know is you need to know how to make moves, and you know how to pivot quick, like you have really to, quick. Yeah, you have to get down to a science where you're like, I know the market, I'm confident in the decision I'm going to make. So when opportunity presents itself, real opportunities do not last long. They do not last long. I'm talking like minutes, right? So you've got a lot of investors vying for a lot of the same properties. The guys that are savvy that know that market, they're going to go in there and make it that analytic decision real quick. And they say, you know what? Feels right to me. Pull the trigger, right? You cannot be overthinking these things, yeah. but you have to know the market in order to really understand that. So I don't want you making decisions that are just uneducated, uneducated. Cause somebody's gonna be like, Carl told me just to pull the trigger on this shit uh, without thinking about it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, learn the market, understand what you're looking at. So you can know exactly what you're going to get into. So when you do see a good opportunity, a truly good opportunity, you are fully prepared. You got your financing, you got your down payments, you got your reserves, you know, like what you talk about in the supply chain, you've got your cabinets, you got your countertops, yeah. you got your bathtubs, which got me trying to order 15 bathtubs, oh, man. you know? So like that kind of shit where it's like, I, I know I'm, I'm confident I can get the thing done. I'm pulling the trigger done and done. That's good. I'm yep. glad you said that because last thing you want to do is see an opportunity being prepared. Yep. Same, I tell, you know, all my team that, I tell a lot of my clients, tell a lot of my investors, I was like, we need to be prepared for things that are going to happen because it may come quick. You may have minutes or hours to make a decision. Yes, literally minutes. And if you don't have your ducks in a row and you can't analyze that deal, you know, in front of you in five to 10 minutes and make, a quick, and make a quick decision, it's going to go to the next guy. Yep. And you may have lost out on tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousand dollars, maybe a cash flowing property that could change, you know, change your life. Yeah, legitimately. Like a multifamily, yeah, right? One of those or, home runs. Exactly. Those yep. are the home runs that we're talking about. If you are looking to invest in real estate and you you maybe have some cash, you need to sit down with us and have those conversations. What does this look like? We know the market. We know how to you know analyze these properties. We know if it's going to be in a good area. We know that what the rent ratios are going to be. We know how to negotiate. To negotiate is yes. another another key one. When we look structure deals, you know, for a lot of our clients, we want to make sure that this is a property that we would buy ourselves. Yep, 100%. Right? 
And if it's not, we we will be completely and blatantly honest with you. I was like, you need to move on to the next one. Or we got to wait for another deal. I have some of my investors like, Josh, when we do another project. And I'm telling them, I was like, we need to pause real quick and just see what's going to happen. There's a lot of emotion and fear going in the marketplace. And that can dictate, you know, a lot of things. I personally have a flip that hasn't sold yet. Mm -hmm. And I have another one being complete next week. And I have one of our investors' property that hasn't sold yet and it's been on the market 30 plus days. Right. And we, he asked me, should, would I, should I close on it and just, you know, close out the hard money loan and just pay cash? Should we do seller financing? So these are the conversations that we are having as investors, you know, personally and with our clients to ensure in order uh, to make the right decisions for them financially. Yep. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing that you guys really need to be prepared on is understand what model would you like to do? Would you like to, you know, to do the velocity of money? Would you like to do more of a long-term hold? Would you like to do some more creative financing, right? Are you going to look into have, um, looking to foreclosures, but you need to have, you know, somebody on your side, always have a mentor. If you're new to the game, you need to have a mentor yep. by far. Carl still mentors me. I drop in some tips to Carl every now and always, then yeah. he always asks for my advice and what I do this deal. And, you know, we, we work in partnership, you know, because we care about each other. We care about each other's families. We care about you. And we want to make sure that coming into this, you know, new season of life, where there is going to potentially guarantee, you know, be a huge transfer of wealth. Let's have a little bit of that pie for everybody. Yep. It's not just going to let it go all to the big guys, which a lot of the big guys and institution buyers are here mm -hmm. and they're here to stay. And they want to turn Arizona and the Phoenix market into a rental rent, market. Rental market. Yep. And they're doing it. Uh, Full disclosure, we are doing it. So like Buckeye, rent to own. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, build to rent. We are. It's BTR. We, we are part of some deals that are yes. going to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. So full disclosure. So guys, <clears throat> I think that's some good value, some good information, some good nuggets that you guys need to think about. You know, listen to this podcast, you know, again, get in touch with us. If you guys are looking to invest, you guys have some money. If you guys are looking to hold or if you guys are looking to flip or if you guys are doing some creative finance or maybe we can take some opportunities and foreclosures, reach out to us. We want to make sure that you're educated. We want to make sure that you do well for yourself. You want to do well for your family. So until next episode, see you on the inside. Hey, guys, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, do all the things. We want to continue to bring value to you every single episode. But until next time, see you on the inside.